Is there a legitimate defense for Mormon-style polygamy? We'll talk about that next on Polygamy, What Love Is This? Hi, and welcome to this audio edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? with host Doris Hansen. On this program, we discuss polygamy and Mormon fundamentalism from a biblical Christian perspective. We talk about the history of polygamy, its modern-day fruit, share stories from people who have escaped polygamy, and talk about current events relating to polygamy. You can learn more about the video edition of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. And now, here's Doris. Welcome back to our show. We appreciate all of our viewers who watch us, and I appreciate Earl, a co-host, for yeah, I really enjoy this. supporting us and helping. And, yeah. and I don't know about you and your ministry, but I get emails from shows and yeah. from, from topics that happen around. It's encouraging. Isn't it is it? very yeah. encouraging, yeah. especially when I get ideas to do a show, oh, yeah. which is what this email was all about. Okay. And I received it a few days ago, and this is what it said. It said to Doris, have you seen the April 2018 edition of the local magazine Utah Stories? On page 52, there's an article by Jacob Hodgen that is blatantly pro-polygamy. I'll send them a letter to the editor, but perhaps your group could also respond. Okay, so that gave, <laughs> that gave me an idea. But I looked and looked and I went online and I could find no article <laughs> dated April 2018, but I did find one written in 2010 with the same content. And after reading it, I thought, well, I'll do one better than send the letter to the editor. We'll just do a whole show about this, and that's what we're going to be doing today. Uh, Earl and I will be discussing the pertinent and also the very impertinent information contained in the article, setting the record straight, at least for the few who will check these things out for themselves and maybe for the writer Hopefully of the article, too. But the website for the article is on the screen. And you can look up and read the entire article yourself. It begins, um, the way he began the article just set my teeth on edge. <laughs> and bet. it was the challenge that got me going, and it goes like this. In Defense of Polygamy, August 2nd, 2010, by Jacob Hodgen. Polygamy gets a bad rap these days. It subjugates women. It creates a hostile environment for families. It is practiced by religious nut jobs. It's often associated with child marriages to older men. All of this is utter nonsense by Jacob Hodgen. The truth is that nothing could be more traditional family values than the practice of plural marriage. I like it the way he said, the truth is, you yeah. know, just like we're yeah. to believe him. Well, the first question that came to my mind was, has this Jacob Hodgen had firsthand living experiences in polygamy? Mm, and the not. second question is, even if he has had experiences in polygamy, he's a male and men rarely, <laughs> if they have plural eyes, rarely will say anything against it. He began by saying that polygamy gets a bad rap these days. Well, yes, it does. And it gets a bad rap from ancient days as well. And as we've mentioned several times before, polygamy is in the Bible, but every single story of polygamy in the Bible is negative. It does create dysfunctional families. It is not traditional family values. Just read about Jacob and Hannah's and David's family dysfunctions because of polygamy. He calls it nonsense that polygamy subjugates women, that it creates a hostile environment, and that it's associated with child marriages to older men. I wonder if he's that far removed from reality. <laughs> Doesn't he read what's going on? The local stories repeated many times over about the abuses and the child marriages that have come to light uh, and proven by the FLDS, the sure. Kingstons, and the other polygamists who practice child marriages. 
So why does he call it nonsense? Or maybe he believes child marriage to older men is okay. Then he says, nothing could be more traditional family values than polygamy. We wonder if he's ever read that in the beginning, God established monogamy, not polygamy. It was then that traditional family values were established. And when Jesus came 4,000 years later, he reaffirmed monogamy as the traditional divine plan for marriage. Traditional family marriage values has a totally different definition to polygamous than to traditional monogamous. <laughs> he continues this in his article. Polygamy not only has a long and noble tradition throughout world history, but it is currently practiced in more countries than strict monogamy is. Whether you're a Christian, Muslim, or Hindu, you can rest assured that plural marriage is based on the firm foundation of written scripture and has the full approval of God. Ancient king prophets such as the biblical patriarch Jacob, Islamic founder Muhammad, and the god Vishnu all famously had numerous wives. Well, another set on the edge of the teeth thing going on here. Gotcha. <laughs> I just hear you reading that. <laughs> uh -huh. Polygamy does have a long tradition in certain cultures around the world, but we take issue with the word noble <laughs> that he used. Everything I've ever seen and read and experienced in the world of polygamy, there's nothing, <coughs> nothing noble about it. He said that polygamy has a full approval of God, so why didn't he give any references that indicated that what he said was true? Nowhere in all of the Bible has God given full approval for multiple wives. In fact, the opposite is true. We find that God blessed monogamous marriage, but there's not one polygamous marriage in the Bible where God pronounced a blessing. He not only did not give approval, <clears throat> he forbid polygamy, and especially with the kings, they were specifically yeah, forbidden. Multiple. Well. That's right. Now, all of Jacob's wives, but Rachel, were pushed onto him. He, he never did, Jacob never did seek uh, a plural wife for himself, and never once uh, do we read that God suggested or commanded Jacob take those extra three wives. And the practices of the Muslims or, or the Hindus are irrelevant. Even if God did approve of polygamy, they do not fit into the context of biblical discussion because they do not consider the Christian Bible as their authority from God. And then he gives an example from Malaysia. In Malaysia, for example, the National Islamic Party calls for men to generously practice polygamous marriage with single mothers instead of just exclusively with young virgin girls. So we're supposed to say, yay, pin, you know, <laughs> pin a, a, a blue ribbon on them or something? I don't know. You know, from the beginning of Mormon polygamy, these lustful old men have been strutting around complaining that America should be following the traditions of polygamous cultures around the world. Really? Well, Talk about women being subjugated. Yeah. <laughs> what Islamic nation does not subjugate women? Which one gives females full equality in, in all things? Name just one. I, I was trying to think. I couldn't think of one Holy that does. God. And India, until relatively recently, burned dead man's widows on his funeral pyre. We quote. I was surprised at this. In this age of ascending feminism and focus on equality and human rights, it is difficult to assimilate the Hindu practice of sati. Sati. Sati, thank uh -huh. you. The burning to death of a widow on her husband's funeral pyre. 
into our modern world. Indeed, the practice is outlawed and illegal in today's India, yet it occurs up to the present day and is still regarded by some Hindus as the ultimate form of womanly devotion and sacrifice. All this womanly devotion and sacrifice, you know. Burning the widow is illegal in India, but many still do it. Just like Mormon polygamy is illegal here, but many still do it. And both practices are destroyers of women. One wonders why the author of this article was so foolish as to refer to these backward cultures and their historically cruel <laughs> treatment of women as an incentive for polygamy or as an example to follow to, as a defense of it. And when sati was widely practiced in India and a man with many wives died, all his wives were burned oh. on the same time with his dead body on his funeral pyre. Is that a great example for polygamy? Especially considering that many of the old man's widows could be young teenage girls and their entire lives would be ahead of them and lost. There are some Muslim women uh, who will say that they're not against their husbands taking other wives. But there's many others who do not agree with it. In fact, increasingly, some Arab uh, countries are finding that many plural wives are filing for divorce from their polygamist husbands. And to challenge his praise of the Muslim's polygamy philosophy, let's look at what some of these female plural wives are saying about polygamy in these Muslim countries. This will bring some reality to challenge his statement. After five years of being married and having two children together, he told me he wanted to marry someone else. So I, w I was so angry, I wanted to beat him up when he said that. When I asked him why, he had the most ridiculous response. He said that because he was well off, he could equally spend money on both of us, and, just, and I just couldn't even handle that. This isn't about money at all. It's about loving someone and being loyal and faithful to them. It's either you are or you aren't, and my husband clearly wasn't, she added. <laughs> now, this was a Muslim woman, yeah. a Muslim wife. Yeah. Now, it sounds like Muslim polygamy is not all strawberries and cream that this writer of this article would have us believe. Another woman said that her husband did not follow Sharia law except when it came to polygamy. We have another quote. <laughs> Makes sense, huh? <laughs> I don't believe in polygamy, and I don't care what any religious edict says. I know that in Islam, what my husband did was wrong. He didn't follow Sharia, except when it came to polygamy. The Quranic verse that mentions it clearly states that men can only marry more than one woman at a time if they can treat each wife equally. But it then also says that no man will ever be able to treat all of his wives equally. To me, that sums it all up. She's a thinking woman, <laughs> yes, isn't she? Is. You know, it's like the Mormon fundamentalists. They believe in their articles of faith, except when it tells them to obey the laws of the land. The laws of the land forbids polygamy. We have a quote from another unhappy Muslim wife. A Saudi woman divorced her husband four years into their marriage when he took another wife behind her back during her second pregnancy. We already had a two-year-old boy and we were expecting another child. Not in my wildest dreams could I have imagined that he was married to someone else. I thought our marriage was great right up until I found a contract to his second marriage hidden in one of our closets. He didn't know what to say. There was no reason for what he did. He disregarded my love for him, my loyalty, and even my dignity. I couldn't spend even one more day with him after I discovered what he had done. I ended that marriage out of respect for myself as a woman and human being. I don't think any woman should accept such a humiliating situation, and I honestly don't know why our societies expect us to, she said. 
I have to admire that. that you know, I, I wish many of our Mormon polygamous women would realize that their dignity really is being they marred. They really have to swallow their pride, don't mm. they? And oh, their, yeah. Their dignity. Uh, they have to swallow a lot yeah. to be that. Another woman said that her husband had asked her to attend his second wedding, but she sent him divorce papers instead. <laughs> and again, I say good for her. There's much more about Muslim women and their reaction to polygamy on that website. You could go there and, uh, and read. Uh, it's a very good article, but it's not what American polygamous men would have us believe, especially the writer of this article. You know, it gets tiresome listening to the pro-polygamous rhetoric, bringing up the fact that so many other countries around the world have legalized and accept polygamy. So what? How many females in America really want to live like women live in countries where they are treated as second-class citizens or as mere property of the men? Because all the countries that allow polygamy are third world countries, and women have few rights and certainly not equality. So the Utah Stories article adds that women in Bedouin tribes say they know that God wants them to live up to their full potential by being one of many wives to a righteous man. I read that quote and I sound suspiciously Mormon to me. It sounded suspiciously like Brigham Young and Orson Pratt, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't can't see better than women saying that. No. Back to the article from Utah Stories where we left off. Some modern philosophers, such as Frederick Engels, believe that monogamy is oppressive. Considering contemporary divorce and infidelity rates, numerous scientists have also concluded that only having one sexual partner is highly unnatural. And again, you know, I just have to shake my head on this because uh, now they're bringing philosophers and scientists in to regulate their bedroom, you know. But, but what's interesting is <clears throat> that many polygamists will say, keep the government out of our marriages, keep, keep the government out of our bedrooms. And a lot of people agree with that. Yeah. And if they would mind their, the laws, they would stay out of their bedrooms, sure. by the way. But now they're inviting scientists and, and, and um, uh, philosophers who advocate polygamy. The, 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 they are invited in as long as they're pro-polygamists. You know, they've read all the scientific, wonder if this man has read all the scientific and psychological studies that have been completed on polygamous cultures. And these studies that do include Muslim and Hindu cultures that this man wrote about. And every single study, and I haven't read every study in the sure. whole wide world, but I've read a lot of studies from around the world, uh, and every one of them has concluded that polygamy is harmful to the entire family unit, especially for women and children, and to some, is it's, it's harmful to the entire area, to the entire town sure. or, or, or village or whatever it is. So ignoring Ingalls <laughs> and this author's so-called scientific conclusions and taking a closer look at the reality of polygamy is certainly a higher and a safer road to take. And myself, along with thousands of others who were born and raised in Mormon fundamentalism, we know firsthand what polygamy is like. We've been there, and we've done that, and we've experienced it, and very few who leave the lifestyle that polygamy groups enforce, very few ever go back. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, for sure. The man's next remark was another shock. He headlined it by saying, and I quote, Mormonism, big on historically traditional value, family values, end quote. Well, the traditional family <laughs> values 
if only uh, is only if those people remain believing in the Mormon faith, whether it's LDS or right. polygamy groups, because they're all Joseph Smith type sure. polygamy groups. So the family values only is working if the person remains in believing the, in the Mormon culture and in the right. Mormon religion, because if they choose not to believe in it, they're shamelessly shunned yes. by the family. Yeah. Many, many families shun them. In fact, Brigham Young would have had them killed. <laughs> and just recently, just last week, some, some ladies that have left the Kingston group were writing about how their family still treats them. And this one woman's son wrote to her just last week and said, don't um, send me anything for my birthday because I won't open it. I won't give it to you because you because you left and 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 that's true about family and, love, and that's family it? values. <laughs> yeah, that's family values. I'm telling you, it's enough to shake your head. Anyway, we have another quote from the article. Though Emma Smith fervently denied it, and most Mormons won't talk about it, even Joseph Smith was a highly successful polygamist. In the award-winning book, In Sacred Loneliness, The Plural Wives of Joseph Smith, scholar and historian Dr. Todd Compton meticulously documents how the founder of the Latter-day Saint religion had in fact as many as 33 wives, though most of these marriages were kept secret from the public. Now, I took issue <laughs> with everything, but I put specific issue with his quote, highly successful, successful polygamist. I that might get you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, we wonder where he gets the definition of highly successful. Did, did Joseph Smith successfully hide his polygamy from his wife and from Mormon members and from most of his peers? Yes, pretty much. If that defines highly successful. But how can bribing women to enter into unwanted plural marriages be considered highly successful, except that he actually did it? He had to invoke the name of God and threaten a fiery hell to convince some of his brides to comply. He had to bribe the men with eternal glory and eternal sex to help them overcome their resistance to polygamy. Highly successful in doing dastardly deeds? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was. In fact, William Law was ready to expose Joseph Smith, his cohorts, and all his deceits and secret marriages, and that scared Joseph Smith to death. So he ordered the newspaper be destroyed. That's highly successful. <laughs> Maybe he just meant that Smith managed to marry 33 women, which is really a great number of wives for one man to have. And, and in that, he successfully chalked up 33 wives in his harem, plus Emma, his legal wife. Okay, there's yeah. more. The article <laughs> continues. Compton's book chronicles how Joseph's covert second marriage to 16-year-old neighbor Fanny Alger, Alger was so secret that his first wife Emma did not know about it until she saw them together and threw her out of the house. Joseph's sudden and secret polygamy, though well within the biblical precedent, contributed to Emma's infamous apostasy later in life. Well, he's not telling the whole story there, but that's his side of it, I guess. Now, we do use Todd Compton's book a lot yeah. as we cool talk about it here and, and Joseph Smith's polygamy. It's a very good book. It's factual. Yeah. It's got all the details, all the footnotes. But he said in his last quote that Smith's secret polygamy was well within biblical precedent. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> Not on a long shot. Uh, of course, there were biblical men who did disobey God and take plural wives. But not secretly like Joseph Smith did. They did not lie about it like Joseph Smith did. 
They didn't threaten hell and damnation to those who rejected polygamy like Joseph Smith did. And they never claimed that God commanded it or required it. Never did any biblical character put the blame on God like Joseph Smith did, claiming it was necessary or face damnation. There is no biblical approval of polygamy. And then, of course, we can never forget to put Brigham Young in the traditional Mormon polygamy debate, (laughs) and neither did the author of this article forget him. We quote. Yeah, Utah's most famous polygamous practitioner, of course, was the unusually maritally prolific icon of local history, Brigham Young. While Latter-day Saints tend to pride themselves with their genealogical record-keeping, Young's wives had trouble staying on the records for some strange reason. Modern scholars indicate the tally is now at 55. Contrary to the bizarre myth that polygamy was reserved for widows, only 21 of Young's wives had never married before, six even had living spouses, most of the marriages were indeed consummated, and about half of the brides were around half his age or less at the time of the marriage. Now, he's talking about some weird things going on here, and I began to wonder, and as we get closer to the end of the article, yeah. if this whole thing was not just tongue-in-cheek. And I'm not sure it is or wasn't, yeah, to it, be yeah, honest with yeah. you, because the things he says here about Brigham Young are not supportive of the practice right. of Brigham Young. There are so many myths that are surrounding Mormon polygamy, and new ones continue to be contrived, and the widow's thing was, has been a long-standing sure. myth of why polygamy. And, it, and it's ludicrous to even consider uh, that any of Brigham Young's wives were just because of widows. And also Joseph Smith, he married 11 teenagers, and two of them are only 14 years old. They weren't widows. Certainly widows, yeah. Um, and and they, they, uh, he married 11 women, Joseph Smith did, who were married to living men and living with those husbands. And they, and widows, they certainly no. weren't widows. No. Uh, so obviously, contemporary and faithful LDS members rely upon myths of polygamy to justify Joseph Smith's practices. He writes that many Mormons are are so shy about their history, they frequently cover it up. I don't know if they're shy about it or ashamed of it, but they'll frequently cover it up with clearly, he said, mythological monogamistic mindset. Now, it sounds like he's saying monogamy is a myth. And that, again, (laughs) he suggested that mainstream Mormonism still preaches that polygamy will be practiced in heaven, so the faithful Mormons had better start warming back up to it. And that's true. If they're going to, they need to. The next quote left me wondering if this entire article (laughs) was actually intended to be tongue-in-cheek. We quote, this is a long quote from Mark Twain. Yeah, this is funny. (laughs) He really had a way with words. Even Mark Twain, called the Book of Mormon chloroform in print, felt a sense of awe and wonder when he traveled to Utah in the 1870s and met a polygamous family firsthand. He described the encounter in his autobiography, Roughing It. Our stay in Salt Lake City amounted to only two days. We had no time to make the customary inquisition into the workings of polygamy to calling the attention of the nation at large to the matter. With the gushing self-sufficiency of youth, I was feverish to plunge in headlong and achieve a great reform here until I saw the Mormon women. Then I was touched. 
My heart was wiser than my head. It warmed toward these poor, ungainly, and pathetically homely creatures. And as I turned to hide the generous moisture in my eyes, I said, No, the man that marries one of them has done an act of Christian charity, which entitles him to the kindly applause of mankind, not their harsh censure. And the man that marries 60 of them has done a deed of open-handed generosity so sublime that the nation should stand uncovered in his presence and worship in silence. <laughs> that sounds like tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> well, it does. It doesn't sound like he was praising polygamy there no. either, that Mark Twain was, but that he felt so sorry for all these poor and pathetically homely women in Utah that any man who takes one or 60 of them is doing a favor to each one. Now, he said they were homely. We didn't, and no, we want to make that clear. And, and yet I've seen pictures of some of these old pioneer plural wives, and they look so sad. They, they, they've not been through a lot, haven't they? Yeah, they've been through a lot, and they suffer a lot. And you yeah. hear some of their private stories, and they did suffer a lot just because their husband was a polygamist. Uh, he ends his article, the man wrote, the, Jacob Hodgson wrote the Utah Stories article, with the statement, that says this, and I quote, with compelling arguments like these, religion and scripture on your side, ladies, how could one possibly say no, end quote. So that again makes me wonder if he's making this all tongue in cheek because some of these compelling arguments are not, <laughs> not really a good defense for polygamy. <laughs> but it's an interesting discussion, that's for sure. It, well, it is. Yeah. And, and you know, when we go back to the, the, um, the polygamy in Islam or the Muslim polygamy, um, Orson Pratt did talk a lot about it. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that Brigham Young really did. I do recall reading where Orson Pratt did and others. But they would talk about how uh, it has been a noble thing throughout the generations to live polygamy, and there's nothing wrong with Mormons living it either. It's interesting that women have, t have had to go through that uh, subjugation, I guess you'd call it, of... Uh, of suffering through what men have put them through all these well, years. Exactly. No matter what, in different ways, but r ruling and mm -hmm. you know, women have always the, been the kind patriarchal. Of yeah. And and what was a year or so ago, we did an article on patriarchy, and well, we yeah. did two or three shows, at, yeah. uh, part shows on the patriarchy and how it is so prevalent in in these backward cultures and in Mormonism. It's a big deal, and uh, in polygamy. had an interesting little thing come up about the voting, that Utah was so forward in mm -hmm. allowing women to vote. This person doesn't know that it, it was because those plural wives would then be able to vote the way the husband wanted That was to. the only reason yeah. for it, and the they, only and reason. that they use that as Utah always being so forthright uh -huh. and, or so forward in, uh, their, in their thinking about freeing women. And, yeah, uh, exactly right. And, and that's their antidote to, you know, the subjugation of women in polygamy, I right. guess. I yeah, don't know. That they actually had voting rights. <laughs> well, thanks, Earl. You I bet. appreciate it again. You know, the author of this article is obviously ignorant of the biblical message in saying that polygamy is a biblically authorized practice. You know, there's rape and murder and theft and political treason, idolatry, even burning children live as, as, as live sacrifices to false gods. All that's in the Bible. But the recording of behavior is not condoning that behavior.
People say, well, God didn't say not to live polygamy. I hear that a lot. Actually, he did say not to, but on the other hand, God didn't say not to jump in front of a freight train either. <laughs> and God did say that he is the only Savior and, and that he would bring salvation to us through Jesus Christ and that by faith in Jesus alone, is what will secure his notice, his grace, and his salvation. That's what he did say. Polygamy is not the Savior. Jesus, and only Jesus, is. Thank you. This has been the audio podcast edition of Polygamy, What Love Is This? This program is a production of A Shield and Refuge Ministry and Main Street Church of Brigham City. You can view current and past video episodes as well as download audio episodes of this program at whatloveisthis.tv. If you or someone you know is in need of assistance in leaving a polygamous situation, please contact us. We are here to help. All of our contact information can be found at shieldandrefuge.org or call us at 877-425-9993. If you have any questions or comments about this or any of our other programs, we'd love to hear from you. Write us at email at whatloveisthis.tv. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again.